<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I'm Ken Levine, your podcast host. This week I want to do a little name dropping. Uh, This is an episode centered around Cheers and the various celebrities that we used along the way during our 11-year run. David Isaacs and I were lucky enough to write for a number of these, so I thought I would talk about those episodes and uh, a number of others And so, like I said, uh, some name-dropping various stars that um, we used on Cheers. Okay, so the first one I want to start with is the most surreal episode, I think, in the entire run. And it's one that David Isaacs and I wrote for in the last season. And it's the Here's Cliffy episode. Now, that's the one... It was our final year, and it was also the last year that Johnny Carson was hosting The Tonight Show. And for years, Johnny Carson would not appear on sitcoms. A number of uh, sitcom producers would approach him. He would always say no. I think the only exception was he did a voice on a Mary Tyler Moore show, but generally he said no. Well, we had this insane idea where Cliff would continuously send jokes into The Tonight Show that were rejected. And one time, the rejection letter gets sent to Cheers, and Norm doctors it to make it look like the joke was accepted. And he thought that it would end there, but Cliff wanted to go out to Hollywood to actually be there the night that Johnny Carson delivered his joke, and uh, craziness pursued. But again, it was just sort of an insane idea. But we approached Johnny Carson, because our feeling was, we're not going to write this thing, (laughs) only to have Johnny Carson say no. It's not like we can substitute Merv Griffin or something. So we approached Johnny Carson, and we laid out what the story was, and he said, fine. So David and I wrote this script, and (laughs) we went to film it that night. And actually, David wasn't there the night of filming. Uh, David was on vacation, but I was there, and I got there early because the plan was that Johnny was going to tape 
a regular episode of The Tonight Show at 5.30, and then they were going to ask the audience, would you like to stay to watch us film a couple of scenes from Cheers? And needless to say, they all said yes. So uh, I went to Johnny Carson like early in the day, like at about 3 o'clock, and I tapped on his door and... uh, I said, uh, Mr. Carson, I'm one of the writers of this episode. Uh, I am available to change anything, to tailor any of the lines that you feel uh, don't really reflect your voice. And Carson just said, no, it's fine. It's great. No problem. Just go with what you have. And in designing the episode, we had to be very specific because – Well, number one, we had to write like three really good jokes and then one clunker that was Cliff's. And in order to make sure that Cliff was going on the day that he would deliver the joke, we had to make sure that the joke was, in this case, a Mother's Day joke so that he would deliver it on the Friday before Mother's Day. He was not going to deliver the joke any other time. So that solved the the question of why Cliff happened to be there that day. So Cliff was going to go, and Norm uh, decided he had to go too to just see if he could somehow cut this off at the pass. And Cliff also invited his mother. So now it's 5.30, and they start shooting The Tonight Show. And I'm in the green room, and I'm sitting there for 20 minutes. It's just me and one of his guests that evening, Elizabeth Taylor. Like I said, everything about this story is surreal. So I'm sitting with Elizabeth Taylor, and as kind of an icebreaker, It's like, how do you approach Elizabeth Taylor? As an icebreaker, I said, excuse me, Miss Taylor, you starred in a movie with my father. And that perked her up a little bit, and she said, which one? I said, well, not exactly star, but if you remember in National Velvet, there was a horse racing scene, and my father was in the grandstands, He was aisle 18, row 5, seat 4. You might have remembered. Anyway, she laughed, and so it kind of broke the ice. And the two of us just started chatting, and she was really great and really fun. And you expect Elizabeth Taylor to just be a diva, darling. How are you? No, she was just one of the guys, uh, an awful lot of fun. So... That was during the show. So the show ends, and by the way, Ed McMahon was a dick and wanted nothing to do with it and dashed right out. We had to futz with that because you know, we had some Ed McMahon stuff in there too. No, he, he ducked out. Like I said, he was a dick. Doc Severinsen stuck around. He was cool. So now they bring out the four film cameras onto the set of The Tonight Show. 
I am standing between the fourth and the third camera on the right side, and we are positioned pretty much between the curtain and the band. And I look out and see that they have printed cue cards of our four jokes because Johnny Carson always used to deliver the jokes right off the cue cards. So again, I'm standing between these two cameras. The audience is there. Nobody left, as you can imagine. And they start the show. And I'm hearing the Tonight Show theme, like, in my ear, because Doc Severson is eight inches from me. And the curtain parts... And out comes Johnny Carson walking right past me, stopping to deliver the monologue. And now he's like maybe three feet from me. I could like reach over and probably touch his left shoulder. And he's delivering our three jokes. And they're getting laughs. So how cool is that? Johnny Carson is delivering our jokes and getting laughs. And, of course, he does the cliff joke which is terrible and doesn't get a laugh. And then the scene continues. And what we thought would be fun, (laughs) also surreal, was to have Cliff then stand up and tell Johnny Carson that he delivered the joke wrong and basically heckle him. And he winds up getting tossed out by security. And then, because things aren't bizarre enough, we thought, well, it'd be kind of funny if uh, Cliff's mother says something and gets into an exchange with Johnny and winds up on the couch. So that was the episode. And it, it came out really well. And I have to say, Johnny Carson was the ultimate pro. He knew his lines, and he wasn't like, okay, guys, uh, you know, I got a a dinner appointment here in 15 minutes, so you got one take. Let's just do this thing. He did it, and do you want to do it again? Do you want to do it a different way? Uh, Are you happy? Um, We reshot some scenes a couple of times, but the consummate pro. So that was the Here's Cliffy episode with Johnny Carson. We had an episode, the premise was going to be that Sam and one of his celebrity athlete friends goes to Cheers and through a series of misunderstandings, Rebecca thinks that this celebrity stole her earrings. She borrowed earrings for this big event, so they were like $100,000 earrings. And we originally got Larry Bird. We thought this is a very funny idea to have <laughs> Larry Bird. People think Larry Bird stole Rebecca Howe's earrings. And he was all on board, and he was fine, and we had dates set, and it was put into the calendar, and we wrote the script, and all was well. And then like three days before we were supposed to go into production, 
Larry Bird canceled on us. So, you know, needless to say, if if I think Ed McMahon is a dick, you can imagine what I think of Larry Bird as a person. So now we've got the show slotted to go into production in like three days. Who else do we get? And I'm not sure how exactly this happened, but they came back to us and said, okay, we've got a celebrity, but it's going to take a a bit of rewriting to adjust the script. We said, okay, who do you have? Admiral William J. Crow, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like, seriously? (laughs) You start out with Larry Bird and you end up with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? So David and I did a pass of the script to accommodate Admiral William J. Crow, who came in and did the show, did it in front of the audience. He was really good, and he did every joke we wrote except for one. So he's standing at the bar with Norman Cliff, and Norm said, so you have the authority to just push the buttons and nuclear rockets are on their way to Russia? And he says, yeah. Norm puts $50 down and goes, $50 right now. Yeah, he didn't think that was particularly appropriate, and he was probably right. The interesting thing about that episode, too, it's called Hot Rocks, by the way. But the interesting thing about that episode was he really did have a guy follow him around who had the football, who had, it was like, almost handcuffed to him, this box. And every 45 minutes, this guy had to report in. So I was talking to him and, and I said, can, can I see what's in the box? And he opened the box and I thought it was going to be this amazing, super high-tech equipment. No. It looked like old crappy Radio Shack junk, which I guess you needed because it was very sturdy, but uh, that was quite disappointing. So William J. Crow, we wrote comedy for William J. Crow. There was a show called Where Have All the Floorboards Gone, which featured Kevin McHale. And this was actually Kevin McHale's second appearance on Cheers. We brought him back because we used him the first time. And he was so good and so funny that we thought, let's bring him back. Let's do an episode with Kevin McHale. He turned out to be the nicest guy in the world, which surprised me because I was a Laker fan back in the 80s. And the big rivalry back then, of course, was the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Well, Kevin McHale was the sixth man, and he was hated. There's one play in particular where he just clotheslined Kurt Rambis of the Lakers, and he was hated in L.A. So when they said they got Kevin McHale, 
Uh, I was not so thrilled to meet this guy who I just assumed was an asshole. But he was anything but. Nicest guy, really gracious. So we do the episode where uh, the guys are trying to guess how many bolts there are in the old Boston gardens. And we got to actually go back to Boston to film a scene. And it was very cool because Kevin, they were playing at the time. So uh, Kevin, like the next day they had a game, uh, let us go to the shoot-around in the morning to practice. And we got to go to the game that night. They put us way up in the rafters, but still, we got a chance to go to Boston Gardens. And if you ever need somebody to get some laughs for you, I suggest Kevin McHale. The very first season, we wrote an episode called Now Pitching Sam Malone, where Sam uh, gets to do a beer commercial. He hires a commercial agent who gets him a beer commercial. And at the time, it was sort of a parody of a commercial that was popular at the time. And the idea we had was that there was uh, another pitcher who was pitching the beer, and he was kind of stumbling, and the coach comes in and takes the beer away from him and brings in Sam Malone as like a relief pitcher. So we got Luis Tiant, who's a great pitcher and a very colorful guy. Oh my God. He had like four lines and it took, oh my God, probably 20 takes to get this. Oh, you just, it's just, you couldn't understand him. And finally, when it was over, he said, you know, can I have a little tour of the stage? So David and I gave him a tour and he was saying, you know, this is kind of fun. Um, I think I'm going to pursue this acting thing. Well, thank God he never did. An episode that David and I again wrote was called Finally, Part 2. And in that episode, we got a chance to use and meet Bill Medley of The Righteous Brothers. Now, this is a big deal to someone of a certain age, namely mine, uh, you might be going, Bill Medley, who the hell is that? And when I say he's a member of the Righteous Brothers, you go, who the hell are they? But one of the things we had going in that episode, actually it was kind of a running bit that Rebecca Howe's favorite song was You've Lost That Love and Feeling. And she was going out with Robin Colcord, who was rich, and so as a gift, he hired Bill Medley to sing that song for her. And so we got a chance to uh, work with Bill Medley, also a really, really nice guy. Here's a celebrity that turned out to be a celebrity, but at the time was you know just a day player. When we wrote the episode Never Love a Goalie, which was the one where Carla meets Eddie LeBeck. It turns out to be a two-parter. And we had a subplot where there was uh, a murder trial and Diane was the foreman of the jury, driving everybody nuts. 
And the guy who was the defendant was Brent Spiner, who later went on to be Data of Star Trek. But he wasn't wearing any makeup at the time, so who knew? An episode called Do Not Forsake Me, Oh, My Postman. Uh, this is... This is sort of a sad story, actually. There was another actor who was slated to play a part of an old jingle writer, Cy Flembeck. And Rebecca wanted to hire Cy to write a jingle for Cheers. And the actor, who is a lovely guy and, and I had known and worked with for years was always nervous the whole week. Is he doing okay? Is he doing okay? And I would reassure him after run-throughs, you're fine, you're fine, don't worry about it. Well, after the dress rehearsal, he was just so uh, panic-stricken, he got in his car and left, just drove away, never came back. Well, we couldn't film those scenes, obviously, that night. We had to recast. And so we recast John Mahoney. And this was right around the time that Peter Casey, David Lee, and David Angel were casting Frasier. And they saw that episode, and they saw John Mahoney, and they thought, you know, he would probably be really good for the dad. So you kind of wonder. I mean, they probably would have come upon him anyway. You'd like to think that his name might be on a list, but... Who knows, maybe if that other actor hadn't fled, John Mahoney might not have become the dad on Frasier. One of those things you never know. And finally, we wrote the Bar Wars episode with Wade Boggs. And I've talked about that. I'm not going to tell that story again about how Wade Boggs was really just there so that he could sleep with his mistress for a couple of days. But when that article came out, uh, needless to say, Wade Boggs was peeved. And uh, a couple of years later, I'm now broadcasting Major League Baseball, and I come across Wade Boggs in my travels whenever our team played his team. And I introduced myself. Hey, you remember I wrote the episode of Cheers? He could not have been less friendly. <laughs> he absolutely ignored me. Yeah, I brought up really bad memories. Okay, so other people who we did not write for specifically, although we were in the room and helped rewrite, uh, Alex Trebek in the famous Jeopardy episode, which was written by Dan O'Shannon and Tom Anderson, and Alex Trebek, also so good that after we filmed the Jeopardy scenes, we filmed that before we were going to shoot the rest of the show in front of the audience, we said, let's bring him back into the bar. This guy is really funny. And so we did. We wrote him into that final scene. We used Harry Connick Jr. And there was one day after the run-through where Harry and Woody Harrelson are just standing at the bar chatting. And I thought to myself, this is really 
a little weird because Harry Connick Jr.'s father, or Harry Connick Sr., either way, was on the Garrison Commission investigating the Kennedy assassination and looking into that second gunman, you know, on the grassy knoll. So that's Harry Connick Jr. There are a number of rumors that the shooter was Woody Harrelson's father. (laughs) So you had Harry's father trying to nail down Woody's father, and the two of them are just chatting at the bar. That was, that was a little weird. We used Harvey Firestein in an episode that, well, I'll be honest, I think is one of our lesser efforts uh, because the, the episode was supposed to be that Rebecca's high school crush comes to cheers and it turns out, she finds out at the end of the episode that he's gay. Well, how could you not know from the minute Harvey Firestein walks into the bar that he's gay? Rebecca, how are you? You look beautiful. I just, that episode to me is, is just crazy. First season we used uh, Speaker of the House. Thomas Tip O'Neill, and uh, our casting director, Steve Kolzak, I think he had a relative who was his secretary. And it was the first year, we were struggling in the ratings, and we were just trying to get anybody that we could, so we got Thomas Tip O'Neill. And he, too, was a very good sport, except we wanted to do a scene where he and Norm are standing at the urinals together. But he didn't think that that was, that was great. Um, John Cleese, one of my favorite episodes, and of all the guest stars we ever used on Cheers, this was my favorite. John Cleese, it was an episode written by Peter Casey and David Lee, and he was great in the episode, and I don't know how to explain the difference, but as good, as excellent as he was filming night, earlier that day when we had the dress rehearsal, he was even better. And it's, I, again, I can't explain it because when you see it, you go, how can he be any better than this? Well, he was also a very nice guy. We used um, a number of politicians in addition to Thomas Tip O'Neill. We used John Kerry. We used Michael Dukakis. We had Ethel Kennedy. (laughs) How many shows get Ethel Kennedy uh, to come on? Uh, We also, in an episode in one of the later years, had Lisa Kudrow. The episode, she was in like a community theater production of Our Town with Woody. And at the time, we thought, yeah, she's very talented. 
but not to where we're going, whoa, oh my God. You know, if Robin Williams came in, you'd go, wow, who is this guy? And Lisa Kudrow was, you know, funny and just fine. We used Emma Thompson as Nanny G, Frazier's first wife, in an episode. And Leah Remini, who since has gone on to uh, King of Queens and a number of other things and now speaks out against Scientology, she was one of Carla's kids, and we used her in multiple episodes. And we also used Tom Berenger at the end as uh, the ultimate boyfriend for Rebecca Howe. Actually, we had another actor, and it was a two-parter where part one was the episode with him, and then part two, he was part of the finale. And I forget who the actor was, but he couldn't do the finale. He was booked for something else. So we had to go back and refilm part one, and we got Tom Berenger to do that. So Tom Berenger was a fill-in. And those are the celebrities that I can think of. Oh, wait, wait, we had Dick Cavett on as well. And I wasn't there that week, so I didn't get a chance to meet him. And also, it says on the Internet that we used Arsenio Hall, and he was in a, a year that I was involved, and I have absolutely no memory of Arsenio Hall being on the show. It's not that I wasn't on the set for a run-through or there on show night. I, I was there for rewrite night, and I, I absolutely have no memory of Arsenio Hall on Cheers. So there you go. That'll do it for this week of Hollywood and Levine. Our thanks, as always, to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, to Howard Hoffman, to Bruce and Jason Miller. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. That's HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. If you have any questions, uh, send them along. I am uh, going to do another question and answer episode very, very soon. You can follow me on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. You can give me a five-star review on uh, Apple if you are so inclined. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Have a great week. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Hollywood and the Vine.